0: Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. Good morning again. You may notice that we do not have a specific scripture printed for our message today. And that's because I would like us to consider mountaintop experiences. And these happen throughout the Old and the New Testament And there are stories about how God calls people to the tops of literal mountains to offer a message. Now, the message is not for them to keep. The message is for them to share. And so in these different places throughout Scripture, we have kind of the same message. And we can tend to think that the Old Testament isn't exactly relevant to what we're doing in our world today. But if God is the same yesterday, today, and always, then we know this is not true. And if we're to trust God and be obedient to God and tell about what God is doing in our lives, as these stories have shared throughout time, then that's very relevant to us today too. So today we're going to look at um, Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're going to look at Genesis 22, and we're going to look at Exodus 19. And we're going to see how, in all of these stories, um, God's transformative power can work in us just like it has over the years in all of his people. Many years ago, I went on my first mission trip. I was uncertain about what we would be doing, um, who would we be serving, and what would my family do for a week without me. I think it's a pretty common experience when you go away for the first time to have some of these concerns and questions. But a group from this church, we all climbed into Joe Block's red suburban, and we said we're heading down to Gulfport, Mississippi, and we're just going to clean up. We literally just put tools in the back of the car. We thought we had five good air mattresses. We were going to sleep on the floor of a Sunday school class at Gulfport United Methodist Church and we were set. Well, we thought we had air mattresses, actually we had mats, because by the time we woke up every morning they were flat on the ground, I guess we learned to test them. (laughs) Throughout our time away we cleaned out houses that were filled with debris, we cleaned out yards that were paralyzing people from moving forward. And we actually shingled a roof. It was pretty exciting. We learned what it was like to do the work of missions, but more importantly, we learned what it was like to have a ministry of presence. We understood more fully when we returned that it was just as important to sit with people and listen to their stories than it was to help them clean out their closets. When I returned home, I was on fire ready to do mission work, ready to do this in Athens, ready to find people whose houses need cleaning and yards needed cleaning up. I did not, however, go roof anyone's house. But I was uh, empowered. I was excited. I was ready to kind of come back and do the work that we got to do while we were away in my own community. I would talk to my friends and those who were a little more seasoned than I would say, oh, it sounds like you had a mountaintop experience. I was like, yeah. I'd turn around like, I don't know what that is, but sure. So I did some research, I studied, tried to learn what exactly that mountaintop experience notion meant. And what I learned was what they were telling me was that I connected with God in a new way and in a sacred space, a place where I could see God's faithfulness, where I could see God's kept promises to me. And then they shared with me, that's great, but you can't keep it for yourself. These experiences in this moment with God, this is for you to take back and share and ignite other Christians and other followers to be just excited even though they weren't where you were. This Easter, when I was writing a sermon, I learned something new about the post-resurrection account, one that... Jesus had decided before He was to be crucified that He would tell His disciples to meet Him on the top of a mountain in Galilee after His resurrection. And so there was this predetermined date, this predetermined time, and this predetermined place where they all gathered and met. I knew He met with them, but it never occurred to me that He met with them on a mountain. And it got me thinking about where are all the places in Scripture that God calls individuals to the top of a mountain to deliver a very important message. And again, not for them to keep, but for them to share. Important messages were given to Abraham and Moses and the disciples. And I think important messages are given to us in our own mountaintop moments. Maybe we don't have to go to the top of a hill or climb a mountain to hear these messages from God. And yet we still have these moments in our daily lives. Maybe it's that we gain wisdom and we get a different perspective when we share these sacred moments. Maybe it's that we set ourselves apart and aside for short periods of time so that there are no distractions so that we can actually hear God's voice in a much clearer way directing our lives. Maybe it's though that God can spend time with us like He desires to do. And in those moments, just like the people that we sat with, we learned to practice the presence, and that is a ministry. When I learned about this post resurrection presence of Christ, when I learned that He did all of these things beforehand, what I realized is that He was still leading His disciples. He was still teaching them. He was still instructing them. He was giving them their next steps. And in these next steps, they were about to have to do it on their own. They were about to have to go into the world, down from the mountain, and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He'd have His presence, but they may not have His person. And this is what God is calling us to do as well. We are called to have these experiences Know that God is with us and have the courage then to go out and be who God is calling us to be in this world. We're going to talk about Exodus and Genesis, and I'm kind of smiling because after the 930 service, I had someone come up to me and say, you know, I didn't realize I could be so relevant to my life right now. We hear Old Testament and all of a sudden y'all's faces kind of glaze over. But again, if God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then what we'll read in Genesis and what we'll read in Exodus is very relevant to our lives, because what it teaches us is to trust God, to be in complete obedience to the will of God, and then to be a witness to Jesus Christ in this world because of what we have experienced. A striking example of a mountaintop calling is found in Genesis 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. In obedience, Abraham took his son to the mountain. He took him to the top of Mount Moriah as an act of obedience and faithfulness. He responded to the Lord's call even though he didn't want to. Even though the journey there was treacherous and he had to answer questions from Isaac about what was going to happen because we don't exactly have an animal to sacrifice and yet we have the wood and we have all the makings of a burnt offering. Well, the Lord spared Isaac and the Lord provided a ram for the sacrifice. And in this The Lord confirmed the covenant that he made with Abraham. Verses 15 through 18 tells us, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Abraham's obedience helped everybody in this room. What can this passage teach us? In a world where not everybody keeps their promises, what it can teach us is that God will. God will keep his promises. We can trust that God loves us. We can trust that we are never alone. We can trust that we will not be forsaken. We can trust God. Sometimes I think we put our trust in things that are not of God. Sometimes I think we rely on one another, which is great because the Lord gives us to be in relationship with one another. But do we go to one another and do we go kind of in the quiet of our own heart and think that maybe we know best and we've got this figured out without seeking the Lord and without going to Him for guidance? I know when I do this, and I do, it doesn't work out so well. God is asking us to trust Him solely with our lives, with our decisions, with our loved ones. If we have children with our children, and that can be really hard. But even in the most difficult moments, we can experience a mountaintop experience when we hand it over, when we allow God to be God and when we trust God so much. You know, have you ever walked through something that was difficult and you know in your head and your heart because you've learned it in this place or another place or Sunday school or through friendship that it's going to be okay, that you still have those tinges of angst or worry or and then you get to the end of it and you're like oh yeah and you kind of boldly oh i knew it was going to be okay because you don't have to really share how you were feeling along the journey god loves us so much that he wants us to go to him and trust him and just love him so much that even in the journey we have that sense of peace and calm because we know he's there When my father-in-law, Bobby, was battling stomach cancer, I remember being in the hospital after one of his procedures, and um, we were all praying together. And, you know, we went around, and everybody took their turn. And when it was his turn, he said a lot more than this. But it was just, it stuck out at me. He said, by his stripes, we are healed, and to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I had been in Bible study. I had heard this before, but in this moment, I thought, what's he, what's he mean by this? Because now it's in a different context, right? Now I'm hearing it over a time when I love somebody, and I'm like, wait, no, 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 it's not okay. But as Christians, we know that it is. And so I found in Paul's letter to the Philippians, it's chapter 1, verse 21, these words, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul is writing this letter from jail. Things are not looking so great for him. And yet he still is saying, if I live, I live to testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if I die, I will die testifying to the saving power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it made a little bit more sense. In the hospital that day, I believe what Bobby was telling us is either way I am going to be healed. If he was physically healed on earth, it was because of Jesus. And if he was healed in death, it was because of the saving power of Jesus. With this prayer, I believe Bobby was giving testimony to what it looked like to trust God, to fully trust the Lord, even in the moments that we do not understand. That when we do this, we continue to take steps towards what the will of God is for our lives. It's in these moments when, we, when we're confused and when we don't know and we don't have the answers, but we do it anyway. That's our mountaintop here on earth. That's our mountaintop, not on a mission trip. Because we get to experience God moving in our heart and in our lives, and then we get to go tell people about it. And that is a witness to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. We don't want to miss out on the blessing that God has in store for us. I love that you prayed this morning that we're here to receive a double blessing from God. And that's okay. We can receive the blessing. We should desire the blessings from God. And we should want a double blessing. We don't want to miss out on a mountaintop experience because we're not ready or not awake. We want to be obedient to the will of God. We want to participate in the Holy Spirit's movement in our lives so that as it's happening, we can see it. That it's not kind of a retrospective thing that we don't get till later. We have a hard time doing this. I think people of all time have had a hard time struggling with the the thought and the concept and the actual doing of obedience. Full obedience to God. Moses did. He was not completely convinced when the Lord called him to Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. Again, very relevant to us today. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to Myself. Moses and his people are at the foot of the mountain. They have been on the move. They have been in this place for a year, waiting for their instructions. And now God speaks. "'Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation.'" These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. In these moments, God is calling them to use their voice. In the same way, God calls us to use our voice. God appears to them directly, which was a rare occurrence in these days. And the words that God speaks from them, he says to them, Because I saved you, you will now be my special people. Because I saved you, you will live this way. That's incredibly relevant to us today. And then a God appears on the mountains. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and thick cloud on the mountain and the very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire, the smoke of it went up like a smoke in a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went. The overwhelming power in this scene that is captured is the, the contradiction between the man-made trumpet-blowing and the God-made thunder. It's about the Lord's presence in the smoke and the dark cloud and how the Lord speaks, and when He speaks, He gives them the Ten Commandments. And the summary of the requirement that He makes with them in covenant. This was a very special moment. And God spoke all these words. Where God was, So much can be gleaned from this passage, but for our purposes today, it is how Moses interprets and responds to God's call. He responds to his mountaintop experience by coming down and being with the people and sharing with them what happened on this mountaintop. All of this is designed so that we might be in covenant relationship with God. God desires for these people to trust him for them to know that it was His hand that saved them. This message is communicated from God so that it can go to God's people so that they can give witness to the hope and the power and the love of God in that message. In these three accounts, in the letter to the Philippians, in the moment with the disciples in Exodus, in Genesis The Lord calls people to a mountaintop to receive a message, a word of hope, a word that requires a response from his people. I don't think these are isolated events. I think if we're aware and open to it, we can have a mountaintop experience in our everyday life. They may be metaphorical but moments where we know that God is calling us to do a certain thing, to be a certain place, to listen, to open up our minds and our hearts, to hear him for a special message that we can take to the world. Maybe it's just to a friend. Maybe it's to someone you know who is hurting in need. Maybe it's a message of joy that someone needs encouragement. Or maybe God's calling you with a message to a larger group of people. These are our mountaintop moments that we can have. Can you recall a time when maybe God called you to respond to a person or a need or a situation? Can you think about maybe there was a time when the Lord awakened you to different options that you may have? Maybe to move in prayer. Maybe to move in action. Maybe just to move in how you think and feel about something so that when you encounter who God puts before you, you feel differently about it. Experiencing God and knowing when this happens can change our lives. I believe we learn just as much after we've been on the mountaintop as on it. By this I mean I think we take away from our high spiritual moments, a witness, a testimony, a story, a word of encouragement, something that's after the mountaintop. Because we all want to stay up here. We all want to be in that perfect moment when we're with God. But the work of ministry is done in the foothills. And we have to come down and be prepared for that. If you go back to the mission trip I took to Gulfport, Mississippi, I didn't realize it at the time. But looking back, God changed my heart. The activity of God in those days and the activity of God separating me from my life changed my heart and gave me a new desire for new things. And God wants to do this in every one of our lives. It may not have been the first time it happened, but looking back, I can see where he was trying to get my attention. I hope that over the next couple of days that you might have some time to just pause and be still, And reflect on the times in your life when God was nudging you, trying to get your attention, awaken you to something that he called you to do, or maybe you responded. And what came from that? What happened in those moments and and what was done to further God's kingdom? Because see, when we open our eyes up to the awakening of God's presence in our life, we get kingdom vision. Ours might be short-sighted, but God's never is. Waking up to the presence of God infinitely improves the quality of our life. Even in the moments when it's difficult, they're better. Or when there's sadness, it's not as sad. Or if it is as sad, we know we're not alone. These moments in our lives, these are also mountaintop moments, even though they feel like they're such low moments because it's about the presence of God in the moment, that sacred moment that gives us this experience. My prayer for us today is that we will look for moments in our lives to see God, to claim these experiences. I pray that we will seek to do our part collectively as a church family so that this body of Christ will be life changers in the world around us, in this church and in this community and in our families. And I pray that we will participate with the Holy Spirit in the coming days and weeks as we receive new folks in our fold, that whatever mountaintop experience we've had over the last 14 years, that we teach and we learn and we take that And that it remains a part of our story and welcomes them into that. Because that is our testimony. Meeting God and the mountaintop experiences are indescribable and life-giving. Responding to them are life-changing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Please stand and join your voices together. We're going to sing Go Make Disciples hymn number 571, and as we leave this place, I pray that we do. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC.